What's up, guys? Brett Apley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC 272 on Saturday, Covington versus Masvidal. We have 13 fights on the slate, and I'm actually pretty excited. Not only do we have a good main event, we have a crazy co-main event and some pretty solid matchups throughout the slate. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week from a DraftKings perspective. And before I do, make sure you subscribe to the channel, guys. Like the video, as always, really helps us out. And comment below. Let me know who your pivot play in the lower 7K range uh, is. We're going to talk about Dos Anjos and Moicano in a second, but I think there's a lot of interesting pivots away from that fight. So very curious to hear who you guys like in the 7K range besides that co-main event. All right, without further ado, let's get into my picks for the week. And my cash game play is going to be none other than Rafael Dos Anjos at 7.3K. All right, for cash games, going to pick out the best plays of the week. And I think Rafael Dos Anjos at 7.3K is tough to miss. In cash games specifically, um, he was the underdog in this co-main event against Rafael Fizayev. That's why he was priced at 7.3K. Fizayev pulled out. Hanato uh, Moicano steps in on very short notice, priced in at 7.2K. Dos Anjos is a minus 172 favorite. And look, when you have a situation like this, I'm going to touch on ca uh, tournaments in a second, but when you have a situation like this, I, I think you just plug and play Dos Anjos. He's so much more likely to win his fight at 7.3K than anyone else anywhere near him in pricing. I mean, that the fighter who has a better chance to win than Dos Anjos, the next best fighter, is probably maybe Dustin Jacoby at 8.6K, Spivak at 8.7K. So Dos Anjos should really be priced in that range. 7.3K is a massive discount, especially for a fighter who gets five rounds to work with. And Dos Anjos isn't some you know, weak, offensively-minded fighter either. He can produce volume. He averages 3.5 significant strikes per minute and about two takedowns per 15 minutes. And over 25 minutes, I expect him to rack up volume, potential takedowns, and he has some finishing upside as well at, let's see, inside distance line of plus 178. Moicano's obviously been knocked out a few times, so just very, very safe, all things considered. Moicano at 7.2K, I also think you can play in cash games. I think you could just stack this fight up as well. If you truly, truly love Dos Anjos and you'd rather pivot to a fighter like Tim Elliott or Yan Nan as another cash game punt, I think that's viable. But it also just makes sense because Moicano gets five rounds to work with in theory as well at 7.2K to just stack these two up in cash games. Dos Anjos is obviously the preferred option. And in tournaments... Dos Anjos is obviously the preferred option as well. It's very, very likely that one side of this fight ends up on the optimal lineup, and I'm going to be targeting this fight aggressively, as I expect the public will as well. Um, I, have I have Dos Anjos projected as the most popular fighter on this entire slate, though, in tournaments. And in tournaments, I do think there's real merit to pivoting away from Dos Anjos in favor of Moicano, who's the plus 150 underdog. I think he has a very realistic chance to actually win this fight. Moicano 
metrics-wise, can very much compete with those Sanjos. Averages more than five significant strikes landed per minute. You know, he's a capable kicker, kicker sharp hands. He's going to be bigger than Dos Anjos as well, a few inches taller, a couple inches longer. And, you know, we talk about Dos Anjos wrestling, but Moicano's defending takedowns at 80%. Dos Anjos is the one defending takedowns at 58%. And Moicano has won several fights in a row by rear naked choke victory. He's a highly skilled submission grappler. So the, the it's hard to get past the narrative of, look, he's flying from Brazil on just a few days' notice to fight Rafael Dos Anjos in a five-round fight. It's really hard to get past that narrative. And that's why Dos Anjos is favored. And in reality, the fact that he is taking this fight on such short notice, it might mean that his cardio is weakened and maybe his durability is weakened. And overall, his chances of winning the fight just aren't that strong. That's very possible. On the flip side, if he has the cardio, I don't see why he can't fight competitively with Dos Anjos and beat him. And from a DraftKings perspective, in tournaments, I think targeting Moicano is a very interesting strategy. He's going to be popular as well, but not nearly as popular as Dos Anjos, I think, at 7.2K. He still has five rounds to work with. He still has grappling upside, some finishing upside as well. So great fight um, in real life. Great fight to target on both sides in cash games. Obviously, Dos Anjos rates out as an elite option in all formats, but in tournaments specifically, don't completely discount Hinato Moicano. Okay, let's move on to my tournament play of the week. I'm gonna go back up to the top of the board and give out Colby Covington at 9.4K. You know, people don't like him. I still think he's gonna be popular on this slate, but he rates out, you know, among the best overall tournament options on this card. He's minus 340 to beat Jorge Masvidal. He gets five rounds to work with and Look, one of the things I love about Covington from a fantasy perspective is that he can throw strikes in volume and he can land takedowns in volume, averaging 4.1 significant strikes landed per minute, averaging 4.1 takedowns landed per 15 minutes. And that rate is deflated because Covington has landed uh, a total of zero takedowns in two 25-minute fights against Kamara Usman. So he just went 50 minutes with Usman and landed zero total takedowns and is still averaging more than four per 15 minutes. And if you go back in history books, he landed 12 against Barbarena in three rounds, eight against Kim, seven against Dos Anjos, 10 against Robbie Lawler. He has massive takedown upside. And Jorge Masvidal is a fighter who can very much compete with Covington at range, but Covington has the wrestling upside here. And Although Masvidal does defend well at 75%, I still think he can be taken down at times. Covington's not this big, you know, massive takedown guy where he's going to pick you up and slam you down and hold you down for 10 minutes at a time. He likes to grapple against the cage, pick you up, dump you down, let you get back up, dump you down again. And so he can rack up takedowns in volume that way. But I mean, Kamara Usman just took... Masvidal down five times in a 25-minute fight, controlled him for 16 and a half minutes. So Covington has several takedown upside, massive control upside, volume upside, very likely to win over five rounds. He just has a, a huge ceiling. And we've seen when he wins, he puts up big, big scores, 139, 172, 136, 75, 116, 141, 131. Like these are big, big scores. And I believe that his upside is tremendously high once again in this matchup. 
Um, he will be popular. There are other fighters in this range I like as well, but Covington pretty much stands above the rest. He's going to be my tournament play of the week. Okay, my salary play of the week this week, I'm going to drop down to the mid-range and give out Bryce Mitchell at 8.3K. I do consider this a salary play because you'd be saving salary compared to the 10 fighters priced above him. Um, but he's a fighter that I think has significant upside again for his price. And he may be popular, he may not be. I've definitely seen people on him and I've seen a lot of people on Barbosa as well. So maybe the ownership will be relatively split between these two. But from a DraftKings perspective, I think Mitchell is the fighter you can't ignore. He's minus 165 to win, plus 178 to win inside the distance. That's not necessarily what I care about. What I care about is that this fight's fairly binary in that Mitchell needs takedowns. He needs to get Barbosa down to the ground so he can lay on top of him, advance position, land ground and pound, maybe get a submission. That's how he needs to win. Barbosa needs to keep the fight standing. And if he does, he's a far better striker than Mitchell. He's got devastating leg kicks, just better technique, better volume. Um, and Mitchell's somewhat vulnerable defensively. Mitchell's not really a skilled striker. And I don't see Mitchell, I think he should know you know, that he shouldn't be playing around on the feet against Edson Barbosa. He didn't really play around on the feet against Andre Feely either in his last matchup. Attempted 13 takedowns, landed seven of them, nearly 10 minutes of control, and scored 113 points in a decision on DraftKings. So there you go. I mean, that's the style that scores well. And I, I don't think Mitchell should be an overwhelming favorite. I do think he should be favored and I am picking him to win but Barbosa has decent first level takedown defense and it wouldn't be shocking to see Barbosa win a round Andre Feely won round two against Mitchell by defending takedowns but the problem is Mitchell is willing to attempt takedowns at a high rate and Barbosa can defend one or two but asking him to defend 10 12 15 takedowns is a bit of a tall task. And ultimately, I think Mitchell will be successful on some of them. Uh, Barbosa's given up many takedowns throughout his career. He yields pressure, and his get-ups aren't very strong. When he does get taken down, his ability to get back up to his feet isn't great. So if Mitchell does get takedowns here, he certainly has control time, upside, ability to win rounds, and potentially earn a stoppage on the mat, which I'm not you know, I don't think is an incredibly likely outcome. He's plus 178 inside the distance, like I mentioned. So it gives him some grappling upside or some finishing upside. Point being at 8.3K, Mitchell is one of the few wrestlers in this range. He's going to be shooting many takedowns. He's likely to land some of them and grappling scores very well on DraftKings. So I really like Mitchell's upside at this price. He's going to be my salary play of the week at 8.3K. And finally, my fade of the week, I'm going to go with Marina Rodriguez at 9.3K against Yan Nan. And I actually think Rodriguez may, may, be, may be deserving of her betting line. She's minus 250 over Yan Nan. Uh, that's probably too wide, but... I do think she should be favored in this matchup, and I do think she has DraftKings upside. It's not a fade in the sense that, oh, she just can't win. Like last week with Martinez and, and Perez, I was just so confident that, you know, outside of a knockout, the fight was going to take place at a so, uh, slow, slow pace. There probably wasn't going to be a ton of grappling. 
this fight, Rodriguez versus Yan, it's probably going to take place at a high pace. The, both these girls fire off a lot of significant strikes. Marina averages more than five significant strikes landed per minute. And her issue has been defensive grappling. She gets taken down a bunch. Um, but I don't expect Yan to be wrestling with her a lot. So this fight probably takes place at range. And these two fire off. Strikes at a very high volume. I wouldn't be shocked if Marina racked up volume. I wouldn't be shocked if she even hurt Yan at times. But... You know, Rodriguez is only plus 257 to win inside the distance. In her wins, she scored 89, 85, 88, 76, and 100. I mean, even if she puts up 100, I, I have a hard time believing she can outscore Covington and Nurmagomedov in a win. Nurmagomedov's you know, a massive favorite with grappling upside. Kevin Holland has the best inside distance line on the entire slate. Tagir Ulanbekov at 9K has grappling upside in a win. So it's more about the price here. Like, obviously, strikes matter, but she needs a massive amount for her to score enough points on DraftKings without a finish to compete with Covington and Nurmagomedov. And I just can't take a stand on her for that reason. If you have 150 lineups to work with, she's going to be very low owned. And I think you can carve out a small percentage for her as like a contrarian option, plus 257 inside the distance. Maybe she gets a knockout. A knockout would give her a chance to be on the optimal lineup. But I'm just so much more confident in, in Covington ceiling and, and Numargamadov ceiling in a win than I am in Rodriguez. And there's plenty of fighters priced below her as well who have realistic chances to win and to finish. So at 9.3K, it's just impossible to prioritize Rodriguez. And therefore, she is going to be my fade of the week. All right, guys, that's going to do it this week for UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. You can follow me on Twitter, AppRedApplyDoubleTDoublep, DailyFanMMA.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Just posted thousands and thousands of words covering every single fight on the slate from a matchup perspective, DraftKings perspective, multiple premium podcasts this week, projections, ownership, all that's out. Uh, check it out once again, DailyFanMMA.com. All right, guys. Thank you again. Best of luck in your contest this week. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace.